Everybody, welcome to episode 266 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell, and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? Question mark. And we're also joined by Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. All right, he. So yeah, let's let's uh, dive in. I guess we got this few things to talk about here. Um, yeah, fact check from last week. We were talking about Apple TV Plus, and we were. I'm not sure if we mentioned uh, free trial or not, but uh, I found out in the documentation that it's a seven day free trial, which makes sense. I mean, like, you're, if you're going to give a free trial, you don't want people binging all the content, right? Uh, which you could do, technically, right? So, uh, seven days is enough to sort of get a sense of, of uh, what's going on, right? Unless you buy a new Mac, though, then you get a one-year free trial, right? Oh, we, one-year free trial, that's yeah. true, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's another reason to buy a new phone. Hmm. Yeah, it almost anyway. feels like you should do your seven-day free trial going into a long weekend, and yeah. <laughs> then at the end of that, buy your Apple device so you can get the full year. Right, right. Huh. And this assumes that you're not starting at the beginning because then you probably will get through all the content in seven days. And I'm thinking more, you know, this time next year when they have more content. Well, seeing as I didn't buy an iPhone on day one or for day one, um, I think and on our thank- Canadian Thanksgiving is going to be sometime in the middle of October. That plan actually might work out for me, Jaime, you know. <laughs> Doesn't this launch on November 1st? I thought this launched oh, on November yeah. 1st. Apple TV. Oh, okay. So I guess it's not going to work. Okay, crap. But if you celebrate American holidays, holidays, like American Thanksgiving. Yeah. It'll work yeah. out for you. That could work out for me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, speaking of, uh, so my, my Ask MTJC, I'll just jump in with this one, is, uh, so uh, I noticed a couple of days ago, people were talking about uh, Apple Arcade being available, and I thought, well, hey, I've got iOS 13, let me go see if it's available. And sure enough, I do have Apple Arcade, so I've been, I went in and played a couple of games, and I just started scrolling through all the content that was there, and I'm thinking, you know, it'd be really kind of cool if, if uh, my four-year-old granddaughter could play something in Apple Arcade, and I'd, I'd remember missed to find anything for Warrior Bolts. I thought this was fun for the whole family. Oh, interesting. So uh, it looked like a fair number of things they had would be safe for the family. Like you, she could watch you doing stuff and not be, you know, traumatized. Watch me? Way. Have you met her? No. Um, yeah. But I hadn't really thought about it from the perspective of, is there anything that's like kid friendly to that age? Yeah. Like it's a lot of shoot 'em ups and golf and, you know, me- um, perspective games and stuff like that, but nothing, I, I haven't seen anything. I mean, and, and we'll have a bit of follow-up in a minute, but I, I haven't seen anything specific that, you know, I would sort of say is safe for her. Because there's, there's all kinds of games on the internet, like little, you know, put-together pizzas and strawberry shortcake kind of games that you can entertain kids with, and they have to click through the ads and stuff like that. And, and we have a fair number of app, apps that have been created for, you know, young kids on our iPads. Um, but, yeah, nothing nothing in Apple Arcade that I could see. So I'm kind of disappointed in that sense, right? Unless people can, hey, use Ask MTJC to let us know if there is, in fact, a way to find kid kid friendly content right that kids could play not watching their parents play right? have you tried it out yet Tommy? i haven't because okay? i believe this uh, opened oh, up early for ios 13 beta users and right, right i right, am right, right. Uh, i'm going to wait on ios 13 i might wait as long as 13.1 just given all of the um, all the people being very very concerned on the interwebs and on other podcasts yeah. well for those of you driving at home i think uh 13.1 is supposed to come out september or october 30th i believe like it's 
it's quite a way away. But um, yeah, it's it's an odd mix. But I, I have the Gold Master installed on my uh, on my devices, um, thirteen that is. And uh, yeah, I mean, my my one complaint, and I think everybody's complaint that I've heard or that I've you know in the circle of pe- people that I run with is is just text selection is just awful. They change they change the way you select text, and it's it's uh, you know for copying and pasting purposes, and it's really painful. But yeah, anyway. Moving on. Um, oh, it, it, it dawned on a couple of us. Uh, we were chatting on Twitter really quickly that, um, uh, and this is a post from uh, Rene Fouquet, I'm going to say. Um, he uh, posted that uh, it dawned on him and it dawned on me too, I guess, at the same time that you guys get an extra 3% on, if you buy your things with your Apple, Apple card, you get a 3% discount on top of uh, on top of your purchase of gear. Well, the rest of the world, we have to pay full price. And in some cases, they pay even more than than the U.S. does. So, and and his point here is that's probably why they have twenty percent market share outside of the U.S. Where it's fifty percent in the U.S. itself. So that's an interesting little caveat catch twenty two situation there. You know, I don't understand why prices like if it's like nine ninety nine U.S. It'll be nine hundred ninety nine pounds in the U.K., which it should be fewer pounds, right? Because it's like yeah, yeah, one point three dollars per pound uh, exchange rate, roughly. So you would think like, I don't know, like eight fifty or eight seventy five or something. It's really weird that they do it like that. So I, I'd never really considered that there is a pricing advantage for um, Apple hardware at the very least. Oh, I mean, yeah, just trying to get Apple hardware. Like I'm sure, you know, I've, I've always complained that, you know, there's at least a 50% bump or $50 bump on equipment when you, when you bring it up here north of the border. Like we pay the, we have to pay the difference in the exchange rate plus is seeming this sort of $50, I don't know if it's a Canadian duty or whatever that gets lumped on top of that. But I do know in Europe, a lot of people complain about the prices, and in Australia, they get they get hosed big time um, in terms of what they pay for Apple Gear, right? So and so at, so adding the fact that you guys can now take advantage of uh, a three percent discount is is adding insult to injury, right? For us, you probably see what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah, but you guys never really have been, been, have been uh, screwing us with all the maple syrup uh, price hikes <laughs> for years. So <laughs> this is a little bit of turnaround. What, what's Australia been screwing you out of the price of Marmite or uh, something? What Vegemite? <laughs> I don't Vegemite, know. yeah, Marmite, yeah, yeah. As speaking of which, I saw something funny the other day. Was uh, was a comment about you know living in Canada is uh, is like um, having your next door neighbor having their radio on full blast twenty four seven, and uh, and uh, or yeah, having having the car radio, having your neighbor's car radio blasting seven seven twenty four seven. And uh, an American replied, "How do you think it feels to be locked in the car?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough cross border humor. All right. Uh, Jaime, you got something here about September September event? Yeah, we were wondering, this is a little bit of follow-up from the, the question that we had of like, all right, so Apple streamed the September event on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Was it saved? And I, I didn't know the answer because I hadn't looked. But into intervening days, I have looked. And it is, in fact, there on Apple's okay. official site. i uh, sorry, official channel on YouTube. Right. Uh, in all, it's one hour, 42 minutes, and 18 seconds glory. So Ooh. if you didn't want to see just the... Uh, you know, best of that we had done last week. I think it was like two minutes ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can watch the whole thing and, and see for yourself. Well, I missed the very, very beginning because I think we were trying to get a meeting room to watch it. But uh, yeah, I missed the very beginning of it. So I'll probably go back because they always show a video at the very beginning, 
right? So that's the oh, okay. So you, yeah, yeah. If if you missed that part, like it's, I think it's good to see the inspirational videos. I know they sometimes get um, dinged a little from folks of like, oh, like this is just them, you know, Digi-feely, dunking uh, with their <laughs> with their designs. I'm like, it's kind of cool to see what they're thinking, right, and how they're mm-hmm. trying to show how this is leads into the theme for the the conference, not the conference, the uh, presentations. Sure, sure, right. I don't know. I'd rather see more products and fewer videos, personally. <laughs> well, you know, this, it's no secret that Apple uses that video to set a tone, right, or, or yep. to try and set a tone. Anyway, and, and just, you know, to follow up on what we were saying last week, uh, I've had a number of people say to me this week that, that the, the whole event on, on, on the event on the whole was sort of lackluster. It didn't seem to really have a lot of pop to it, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so what's next time? Which was, yes. which was strange because... There were some pretty cool stuff in there. You know, mm-hmm. the, the watch, mm-hmm. I thought, well, I mean, I guess we saw some reports that the watch hardware isn't that great, but but there were some cool new features like the always-on thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the phone, I thought, was actually pretty nice hardware. So they could have made this thing snap a little more, but but didn't. I mean, the Midnight Green seems to be really popular with people, right? Yeah, yeah. We have to see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, any any news on you guys getting the phone? Have you thought much about it? or I haven't thought about it at all. No? I mean... Phone's not officially out yet, so I can't go to the store and see the phone and the watch. And that's what I'm going to wait for. Oh, you're 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 want to see it first? Yeah, I'm a tentative of like you know I could be convinced if the ceramic watch is is all I hope it would be, and yeah. uh, could be convinced of like yeah I kind of want the uh, the tripophobic phone. You know, yeah. the the camera stuff, right. especially the night mode, seems like very impressive. Well, you don't have to look at the holes if you own the phone, right? Yes, um, it's the other <laughs> the victims, <laughs> yeah, victimizing yeah. people as I walk about. Yeah. Yeah, well, fortunately for me, the last weekend we had the uh, the Toronto International Film Festival was was ending, and on sa- on Sunday night, Sunday during the day, they they have free screenings of the winning films, and it was a really long shot for me to go stand in line for like an hour and a half to see if I could get into the. I got into one show, uh, one one screening, but the second one I wanted to see. Um, but it saved me from going to the Apple Store and actually buying a phone, which was good. Um, so even though I didn't get to see the movie, it, it did give me a little bit of time to to be patient about it. And uh, I have since talked to my my provider. Rogers to find out what my options are, and actually they're pretty good. I've, I'm in a position where um, I can actually buy the phone outright and just and not have to worry about any sort of commitment, or I can get it financed. They have this this they're doing a similar um, similar to what you guys are doing with uh, with the pay by month kind of thing. Um, you know, it's almost like a car lease where you you get the phone, you get you know four hundred fifty dollars off the phone, and then you pay you know monthly, and then at the end of the two years you basically hand the phone back, right? Which is very similar to like a two year. Carly's right. Mm-hmm. So you can have the phone, you know, get it subsidized a little bit, and I think you do end up paying a bit more money than than you would if you just bought it outright. But save you having to come up with you know sixteen hundred dollars, you know, plus tax uh, on day one. Anywho, um, what's next, Tommy? Yeah, speaking of the events and you know videos, I think a big sort of lackluster part of the event was those game demos that they showed for Apple Arcade, which seemed to just do a real disservice, if you ask me. Like, I, I don't think showing Frogger was that in- enticing. Maybe Shinsekai looked okay. Uh, the other one that was sort of like an anime music instrument sort of thing, that seemed cooler. I think if they had just showed this uh, this video, which is in a minute and 40 seconds, people would have been way more hyped for Apple Arcade. And I've, I've been but, seeing more people talking about Apple Arcade. I was like, oh, it's got cool stuff. It's like, yeah, you didn't know because the event itself didn't really do a good job of selling it to you. 
Yeah, but they always sort of have those. They always want to have the developer on stage and do a demo. But I thought that they chose the, uh, like you mentioned, Konami, right, is, is famous for other less family-friendly games. I think they wanted to keep it sort of a, a tone of family-friendliness. That's what I how I kind of saw it, right? And that's why they showed something goofy like Frogger. So I could see that. But if we were going to go that route, I would have shown Pac-Man. So, oh, Pac-Man's Namco. Uh, yeah, I would just scrap Konami <laughs> and go with Namco. Well, maybe they couldn't couldn't make it to the event or something. But yeah, so is Pac-Man in arcade? There's a uh, like a f- multiplayer version. I don't know. It was one of those ones I saw. I could have swore I saw it in this preview. Did I see it in this preview? Let's see if I can find it. Sayonara Wild Hearts is the one I was thinking of. By the way. By the way, it's really strange. I would have thought that the arcade was like an app you downloaded and, and it would sort of be like a little folder or something where the apps would live. But the way it works is you, you sign up for the, the subscription for the, for the arcade and then you download each app individually. So they're actually like, it just looks like regular apps. Like you, I don't know that you would know any, there's no indication that that's an Apple arcade app um, once you have it on your device, right? So, because I downloaded mm-hmm. one, one game for sure and played around with it for a bit. But and can I, you buy would, those games on their own? No, I don't if think you, so. If they, you don't have the service? No. Well, I, oh, I don't know about that. That's a good question. Um, no, because there's a category now. Like, if you look on... Or, oh, I guess you guys don't have... Or I keep forgetting you guys don't have iOS 13 on your phones. But when well, you go to the Apple Store... So, let's see. Name one of the one of the apps. One of the games. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just going to the app, I'm just going to the App Store right now. Well, he looks at but that. So, I am looking at the playlist of this 1 minute 48 second video. And Pac-Man Party Royale by Bandai Namco is in there. As is Sonic Racing by Sega and... And I'd even yeah. say Lego Brawls by Lego would also have been a very family-friendly sort of thing to show. Yeah, do you, well, is that, but is, is when they say brawls, does that mean that they're going to be fighting? Like, you don't uh, want a four-year-old to here. be bashing each other over the head with Lego, right? Uh, it looks like the normal Lego adventures, like the themed ones they have with Harry Potter and Star Wars and stuff, you and friends run around and, and adventure-style fight, not right. uh, oh, not like Street yeah. Fighter punching. Yeah, but still, I'm saying that the, for a four-year-old, that's a little that's a little. Is that still advanced. a little intense? Okay. Yeah, um, too intense. Yeah, in fact, in fact, like I don't know if you've ever seen the Octonauts. It's a pretty, it's like Jacques Cousteau, but like an animated format, and they learn about the ocean and stuff like that. My granddaughter will tell us, I don't, li- I don't like. I, she'll say, I don't like this one, and and what she means is it's too violent or too scary, and she wants us to skip to the next episode. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so I have, if I look on the App Store, I have an arcade uh, tab at the bottom of the, you know, how you have it, it's a tab controller. You yep. guys have app arcade on yours? No, but I have a game no. tab. Yeah. So I mean, I can. Cart, Cat Quest 2, Fantastic Feast, Pinball right, Wizard. Let me search for these. Name one of them. Dodo what was Pete. it? Cart Quest? Um, uh, well, yeah, Fantastic Feast. Okay, let me see. By the way, uh, the, the, our friends over at, um, they're not really our friends, but we know them. Um, Snowman Productions, the ones who brought out Alto's Adventure, they announced yesterday that they just came out with a, with an uh, Apple Arcade app. Did you say Fantastic Feats or Fantastic Beasts? Beasts. Yeah, that's one, that one's not showing up. How about Dodo Peak, as in Dodo Bird? Yeah, I mean, it might just be that I don't have uh, iOS 13 installed. Yeah. Oh, well, Dodo uh, Peak. Th- There's Dodo Peak. Oh, no. Okay, so in the in the description, it actually says uh, Apple Arcade, and then underneath it, it says the name of the app. So it says Apple Arcade Dodo Peak. I didn't notice that. Yeah, these are all, these are all designated as Apple Apple Arcade games. Okay, because that wasn't clear that that if you don't have Apple Arcade, you cannot get these games at all. Well, that's what I would have thought, though. I, I, that's that's what I kind of uh, got the impression of that if you wanted to play these games, you had to, have to sign up for Apple Arcade, yeah. and then you then you only pay 
pay one price, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's been confusing to me because I thought they were exclusive to Apple, um, and then I was like, well, this game is coming out on like the Switch, and this game is coming on Xbox, and it's apparently exclusive on mobile, and they don't consider oh, really? the Switch a mobile mm-hmm. device in that. So it pretty much just means keeps it off of Android. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so so hang on a sec. So these are available on Xbox and and uh, not every platforms? one of them, but they're um, oh gosh, I can't even remember which one I saw that I said, hey, wait a minute. I thought that was an Apple Arcade exclusive, but apparently it's not. Right. I mean, there's in the gaming world, there's so many different kinds of exclusives. I thought, oh, maybe it's a timed exclusive, and then after six months, it can be on other platforms. Mm-hmm. And I had read somewhere, and I apologize, I don't have it handy, that it's mobile exclusive. Right, right. But, so, but to Mark's uh, point, like, it's still kind of confusing. It's like, wait, so are these exclusive to Apple Arcade, or is it the case where you could buy these individually, but, you know, you're better off purchasing it, you know, semi-purchasing it through the subscription of Apple Arcade, right? Like, you know, these games might be $5 each, but well, okay, instead of getting two games at $5 a piece, I can just pay the once, you know, a month, $5 to get all of these games. Yeah, no, I think, I think I, my impression was that these games were specifically made to run on the Apple Arcade, like the newsstand used to back in the day, right? Like you had to have the newsstand app and then any new start newsstand apps would run within that, within that environment. By the way, real-time follow-up, uh, Ryan Cash of, um, he's uh, with uh, Snowman Development. Um, the name of the app that they just came out with is Where Cards Fall. So launches on Thursday, it says. Cool. Let's look at that. There are some, I mean, some interesting looking games, but you, you can't judge a, a game by its icon, right? Oh. <laughs> you have to look at the videos or whatever. But yeah, I, it, like I would think that, like, I don't know, it's, I'm surprised that Apple doesn't have a sort of categorization of, of the style of game. Like, you know, I'm not going to play games where people are bashing each other their heads with swords and stuff like that or, or doing drop kicks and stuff. That's not my thing, right? Um, so I, I don't know how how does one find games that one wants to play? Uh, they might be intentionally not doing that because there might not be enough games in some of the categories oh. <laughs> and it might scare people off. Right, right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I think there's an opportunity here where, look, here's my strategy. My strategy is I'm going to wait, even when, you know, I get iOS 13, I'm not going to use my free trial until people have already sort of tried things out and I can see reviews and I can sort of figure out what fits my personality. Then I'll try those in the free trial and if I really into it, then I might subscribe. Right, right. And since Tim, I think since you're already trying this stuff out, I mean, I think you should absolutely report back on this and make those picks of the week or, you know, give little mini reviews or some of stuff that you end up liking. Sure. Okay. Well, I, I can tell you just, I, I just as another more real time follow up, I just did a search for where cards fall. And in the search result window, let me do it again, it actually says in arcade. So, so where's my water? You know, where's my water is in stores, you know, but where's where cards fall? It actually says in in arcade so okay yeah so definitely an arcade game i think if you search for that you probably find the same thing what if you can you just search searching for that name mind you i don't know if it if ios 12 what was it called again where cards fall cards. yeah where cards fall and what do you see when you get there oh, i see introducing apple arcade oh but can you actually get into it no nope, i cannot i also see an ad for logo for lego for whatever reason well coming back to the point of this particular section um i did watch the video that you put up by me and, and it does it, you're right it does it does sort of give a sort of uh like one of those top 10 list but i think it's 100 or something like that or, or in a minute or something um gives a quite a quite a, a variety of games yeah again <laughs> nothing i could see that would be kid friendly i mean little kid friendly 
yeah, toddler it, friendly. Not like Sesame Street level friendly, right? Like a lot of these, yeah, I think. Yeah, where's Sesame Street and all this? And where's, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Reader Rabbit. Where's Reader Rabbit? Anyway. All right. <laughs> Kevin O'Leary somewhere out there. His ears tingled. Yeah. Poor guy. So hard done by. Um, so the next story here I've got is is from The Verge. Uh, it's, 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 it's basically a review in two sections. This is just a review of the iPhone Pro, iPhone 11 Pro and the iPhone Pro 11 Pro Mac. Yeah. Um, and they, they do have another review, which I don't have linked in here, but I'll find it for the show notes um, of, of just the iPhone 11. Um, but this ha- starts off with a, you can, it's a big long read if you want. It's a, it's probably, it's like, a, it's not a two minute read. It's quite a long, in, intense uh, review of the iPhone 11s, 11s with an S. Um, but there's also a video at the top if you want to watch that. And what's interesting about it is, is they go through all the, the points of uh, what was presented in the top. They've got the Verge actually has two of these phones. So the the person writing the article, his name is uh, Nile Patel. He's got a uh, the Max, and uh, another lady in um, New York City uh, is running around with a an iPhone 11 Pro. And so they're comparing uh, photos. They've got side by side comparisons with photos taken with um, these phones and um, your your regular you know Android phones like your. Um, they're comparing the uh, the iPhone 10s uh, the uh, Pixel 3 and the Note 10 in the series of photos. And they got the side-by-sides with the slider as well. If you read it on, if you read this article on um, your device, you'll get the, you won't get the slider, obviously, but in, in Safari on the brow, on the Mac, you get the slider. You can slide back and forth between the two. And they talk about, you know, how how the iPhone Pro is better in uh, in uh, in general in terms of t- shooting things, in terms of how it handles color and how it maintains blacks and, and uh, highlights and that kind of stuff and flesh tones. Um, quite impressive. And uh, the the lady, I'm just scrolling through the article here. Lady running to uh, who who went around um, New York. She was comparing the video capabilities of this phone and other phones. So she simultaneously had uh, the three phones um, uh, running side by side. Um, so obviously the, their opinion, and I think my opinion too, is that the Pro seems to be more about shooting photography than anything else. Um, one thing that they talked about with in this in this review about is about the battery life and why Apple isn't being specific about the total number of hours or comparing it to um, to the existing devices that are out there in the market now that you know the 10s and the 10r uh, and those series of phones and th- and that is that um, they've used Apple has basically used the data they've got gathered data from people you know, who've allowed them to get the ba- battery usage data uh, so they compiled you know typical use uh, cases and um, they've used a model to extrapolate the difference in what the battery life would be like on these devices in you know because they obviously aren't out in the wild for people to really try out. Um, so yeah, it's really tough to sort of compare, you know, with what Apple's saying, like the five hour, oh, this one has five hours more, this one has four hours more um, because it's not really a real world, you know, test or real world measurement. So that's uh, one thing that's, that uh, they talk about in the article being tough to reproduce, but um, yeah, like that. So that's uh, it's, a, it's a good read um, or a good video if you want to watch a 17 minute long video. Uh, probably would take you about that long to read this article. Um, I started with the article myself and then I found out that they had a video I could watch later but uh, yeah, good good review of uh, of what's going on with the iPhone uh, Pro uh, 11 Pros, and um, I mean this says right on the on the, uh, on the lead-in article. Or it doesn't say this on the on the title of the article, or maybe it does. Yeah, it says the iPhone Pro uh, says the battery life is real. So the, uh, the two of the these two reviewers uh, did agree that the uh, the batteries are battery do last way longer than the existing phones that are on the market now. I skipped through it because it was pretty long, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty good summary. I haven't had time to read it in depth though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean like like for me. I just sat down, sat back and watched the video after I realized it was there. But yeah, I, I, 
read most of it on the streetcar the way to work one day. <laughs> yeah, I do think um, if I end up buying an iPhone 11 Pro, it will be that combination of the ultra-wide lens, the night mode, and the battery life that people have been uh, confirming, apparently. This is not the only source that I've seen that says, yeah, it's finally a, a phone battery life that you're not going to complain about, which is yeah. actually a pretty, a pretty good thing, right? Because it's not like some crazy huge this phone was made by you know duracells all right cool it's like a brick <laughs> of course it's got good yeah. battery life the whole thing is a battery with a phone duct tape to it so yeah so we, uh, we've been scrutinizing the the stats on this thing doing side by side looking at tech, tech comparisons and normally the the max size phone like going back to the six the six plus the seven plus the eight plus and and uh, last year's uh, max phone there's always a slightly better camera like maybe a better optical zoom or a better or, you know, better, obviously larger size screen and therefore larger size battery. But um, these two phones are identical, like tech specs, right? right down to the chips that are in them, the amount of memory you can get in them, everything down to down down the line is identical. The only difference is the size of the device and obviously like you get an extra hour of battery. So if you had your choice, which size would you go with or which phone would you go with? Well, I never liked the, personally, I never liked the super large phones. I always go with the with the smaller one. So I would go with the with just the regular Pro. What about you, Jaime? I had a plus and loved the large screen size, hated the lack of pocketability. Um, I've gotten really used to the iPhone 10 size, so I lean, without having seen these in person, I lean towards getting the regular 11 Pro because it's probably, you know, the closest in size to my iPhone 10. But yeah, might want to see what that Max looks like and if Apple will let me put it in my pocket without <laughs> feeling like I'm stealing so I can see how it feels. Um, I might go with the larger size if it... Mm. You know, having removed the forehead and chin for in, in favor of the notch, maybe it's got just enough extra screen size without being stupidly large like the Plus was. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, we have we have all of these phones. We don't have the, the new phones, but we have all the Pluses and, and the smaller phones like the at work. We have like several models of them. And between the three of them, I mean, they're all, they're, they're relatively the same size. The only difference is the Pluses, the, the old Pluses, the, the 6 Plus and, and 7 Plus are ridiculously large compared to the smaller the smaller size phone right but um but these three like the the 10 uh, the xr 10r and the 10s they're all very very similar in size right um so, so 10s and 10s plus is it plus or max last year i can't remember uh max so, supposedly max. the new branding from apple is when there are uh, actual feature differences like this is better in some way like the way yeah. the plus models had um better cameras like you know more cameras or cameras with stabilization that sort of thing those were yeah. Yeah. Plus, and if it's just bigger, then it's max. Yeah. The one difference between, I mean, I, I did some, I have some, somewhere I have a picture of the phones on my, uh, like the last year's phones on a desk, the three of them sitting beside each other, and, and you, they're relatively the same size, like I said. If you put them like one, two, three, like like you put the 10, 10S, and then you put the 10R, and then you put the 10S max, it's kind of, they're, they're, they look like they're related in terms of size, right? Um, but the, um, the, what was interesting last year is we, we did a comparison with the, the way that the people were complaining that the, the, the new phones were sort of lightening up skin tones and, and making things look better than they really were. And it, these phones do so, something similar to that. They're calling it Super HDR, I believe, right? Or something like that. Uh, ultra HDR. I think it's Super HDR. Um, and the, the, in the article, they explain that they, the camera actually takes three photos before you actually hit the shutter, like three sort of um, um, for exposure, right? And then, and then of course, it takes one overexposed shot, and then it puts, puts the three together or puts the, all the images together to give you the 
the best combination, in Apple's opinion, doing air quotes, uh, of what, what the shot should be. So that's why you get good uh, blacks and you get good highlights and that kind of stuff in, in your in your HDR shots that you're doing. So, yeah, good article. Definitely definitely recommend digging into it and have a look at it. All right, so move on to the next article. Um, this, this one we spotted in the Toronto Star, but I've got a link here from the New York Times. So what this one is is does Apple skip tip does Apple tip the scales in favor of its own apps and and it's been found out through Sensor Tower's research I think over the last year or so or maybe more that um, now that now that just sort of that ad advertising game that's in the in the um, in the App Store when you're doing a search uh, the the results were surprising that um, most of the time if you search for an app an Apple resu- an Apple created app would come up first and before you got to the competitors other Apple apps would come up. In in the search results as well, right? So it's and they, they have a sort of um, a graph. It's really interesting on, on the the article here. I hadn't looked at it on, on the Mac just before the show, but uh, that you know they kind of uh, go through the scroll through the results and they show that like if you if you had searched in 2018 for podcasts, you would get like um, an app uh, for instance, and then you would get uh, Apple Podcasts, and then you would get the Compass, and then you get Find My Friends, and then you get Apple Tips, and you get Apple TV, and you get Apple Watch, and then you get Files, and then you get iTunes Store, and then you get Home, and you get Apple Apple Books, Reminders, Apple News, Contacts, Video Menus, and then you get the actual apps that are related to podcasts, like the podcast app, audio, Apple Audiobooks, um, you know, and so on and so forth, TuneIn Radio and that kind of stuff, right? I see the premise. I see that they, mm-hmm. they could be um, sort of juicing their own stuff to try to promote. That's, that's certainly the angle that the New York Times is taking. Like, oh, look, they're they're you know doing antitrusty type things and, and pushing their stuff in unfair. Given how bad apple has been historically with search and especially app store search mm-hmm. i kind of think the occam's razor model says no apple just screwed up because they're bad at this yeah and somebody yeah. put you yeah. know select star from apple <laughs> and that's why you have stupid things like compass and home and watch showing up when clearly something related to podcast it, this looks like literally every apple app that you could download yeah i, I to be honest with you, i don't i yeah, you're right i don't give apple that much credit when it comes to the app store searches because it's been a dismal experience right from the get-go um i think that i think that yeah you're right i think that that this is just um something going wrong and then and then um in the article they talk about you know once they discovered it an engineer went in and made a change to the to the algorithm and and it seemed to fix things i think if if i read it correctly yeah um and and actually one thing that's kind of interesting reading between the lines is if you scroll down about halfway through the article actually towards the bottom of the article there's a chart of share of keywords for which apple apps have ranked first yeah. So what this is all about, and it's showing the uh, the effect of the algorithm change. Well, mm-hmm. before the algorithm change, the share of keywords for which Apple apps have ranked first was only about 1.4%. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's it's up from the 0.4% or 0.5% that it was before, but it's right. up to 1.4%, and now it's down to 1.2%. These are tiny, tiny changes. Right, so right. even if this is true, it's kind of a, a, a tempest in a teacup, to quote our British friends. Yeah, I mean, they've quoted uh, Eddie Q and, and Phil Schiller a couple of times in this article, and, you know, uh, Mr. Q says, we make mistakes all the time, right? So, yeah. um, and it could have been, there was one example that they talked about where um, something came up, 
Oh, when the Apple Wallet came out, when the Apple Card came out. I mean, a couple of things. One is that they were they were pushing the Apple Card hard, and if they're doing that, then people might have gone in, you know, and searched for, search for, for or, Apple yeah. Card, and and that would like you you were teasing me last a couple of weeks ago about uh, clicking on a um, Nickelback link, right? Um, that you know, people more and more people clicking on this obviously creates affinity for for this result, right? And so the the, the algorithms or the machine learning or whatever it is would think, oh, well, this is what people are generally looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's show that. And in fact, uh, they they uh, made the assumption that the the team that was putting the metadata in the keywords in for that particular um, product were also putting in you know cash, money, you know related terms that adding it to the wallet app because they were complaining about the wallet app coming up up to the top, right? But that's where you put your your Apple Card, right? So makes it that makes sense. I mean, I can see that. I I I, I, I you're right. I, I I kind of wonder about these articles sometimes when I know I posted it, but. I, I wonder about these articles when um, places like New York Times or, or Bloomberg or whatever go after Apple, thinking that you know they're they're conniving and they're rubbing their hands together to to game their own system, right? So at the end of the day, like you've said before, it's their system too, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, Bahami, you're up next. Yeah, you know we've been talking a lot about subscriptions, uh, both consumer ones and also from the developer side about you know does it make sense to have a subscription, mm-hmm. um, or your you know app pricing model? Well, if you do. Uh, there's now a new feature in App Store Connect called uh, Billing Grace Period, where if you want, you can turn this on and your app can continue to function appropriately for the user, assuming there was some sort of failure in the auto renewal part. So like, I don't know, it went to auto renew and, you know, maybe they needed a new credit card or something and they don't just get immediately cut off. Like they still have to resolve the problem during the grace period, but it's still nice to have the option to sort of patch over that for a little bit and get the user through that. Yeah, they do that with domain names, for instance on one of the services that I use if you I think this is true with most domain names when a domain expires uh, and you you, you didn't pay it because you know you obviously didn't pay it or maybe your credit card uh, got changed I mean it happens all the time people get new credit cards or, or the, the, the expiry date passes over um, so rather than you know oh you've lost the rights to that name they, they put it into like a 30 day grace period and I think that Mark Pelvis when he was talking about um, subscription pricing um, probably about six episodes ago uh, had mentioned that there was a sort of um, nebulous area where you know what do you what do you do with somebody who cancels a subscription either through accident or on purpose like you know how do you get that how do you win that person back or what can you give them to come back you know uh, in that sense but this this also will help um, you know lo- losing that customer altogether because you don't have access to your customer data that's one of the biggest problems about uh, people complaining about Apple you can't you know send them a hey don't don't leave in a hurry kind of email and that kind of thing right you know how can we make your experience better that kind of thing but uh, this this gives you some at least gives the user some time this is that when I'm reading this correctly Harmony that they gives them time to continue to use it even though they may have accidentally let the, the time lapse yeah I envision as more of like you know imagine somebody uh, signed up three years ago right. and they used a credit card and whoops they didn't realize that their credit card needed to be updated and, yeah. and, and you know because they got a new one issued from their bank and now it's like oh no like I don't want to be cut off immediately like obviously you can't let that go forever because you know people being people they try to scam you know there's scammers out there but this is for the legitimate case of like whoops you know have a new credit card for reasons whether it needed to be renewed or maybe I had some sort of fraud in my old one and I need to switch to a new one um, this this gives people you know the grace period to resolve that problem mm-hmm. okay cool so what's next we're going to skip the push notification thing I don't know if you guys had a chance Why? to that. 
just curious why we're skipping it. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't. I think I don't think it made. Uh, I, I I think I misunderstood the intent of the article. Like it's it's just about a change. It's about a change in the way that iOS 13 is handling push no, device noti- device tokens and notifications. Yeah, uh, it's, it, yeah. It, actually, it's more of a change in the way iOS 13 is is handling descriptions of objects. Right. But it will right. have potentially a, an effect in this particular case. It was kind of a interesting case that it, of him taking a generalization and then applying it to a very specific thing where it can cause a mm-hmm. problem. So yeah, we can skip it. That's fine. I was just curious why you put it in the cross it out. Yeah, I kind of I, I I thought there was a change in like a more more. I mean, maybe I just didn't understand it, but I thought there was more specific example of 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 this change and what it means for people. Yeah, and when I there, went, there was when, no, yeah there was no change in push notifications. That's the funny thing right, about the article. Right. Yeah. 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 So I was kind of that's what flagged me my attention because yep. one of the things I'm aware of and as I started going through it and like you know I'm, I'm kind of wondering why he wanted to log what was in the description and and, mm. and his point about the fact in you know Swift 3 and iOS 10 you could put little people's faces in here and all that kind of stuff right so yeah, yeah. it's interesting though I was I was when I was walking down the street um, I had uh, voiceover on because I, I you know don't want to look at my phone when I'm listening reading an article I didn't know there's a woman's face with no hair if you look at the the line of faces there because when you when voiceover is on it actually tells you it says woman with dark hair woman with dark hair woman with light hair white hair right you know man with with orange hair and then there's if you look i think it's around the eighth or ninth icon in the first uh, paragraph first line of that paragraph there's a woman with no hair so, i actually strange. have no idea what you're talking about if you look at the article which article oh i see the uh the string of of emoji about halfway through the article. Yeah. It says that was until Swift 3 and iOS 10. Yeah, when you oh, start adding oh, the, oh, in this article. There's like a huge string of, uh, I think one of the call-out blocks, the little information icon looks like it's a different color background. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a big string of, of emoji. Oh, there. Oh, okay, okay. Are you talking about the one that's second from the right on the first line? Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, Miley Cyrus one or something, isn't it? Is it? No. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, may, it may not actually be about that, but I always interpreted it that way. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Which is never sticking out to the side though so all right i mean what do you got first next yeah this one was i was a little worried because it's almost too inside baseball but then i Mm -hmm. thought about it as a sort of experiment around what does app pricing look like so the pocket cast app which as a reminder was purchased like a year ago or something i think by a consortium of npr wnyc studios and wbez chicago Mm -hmm. uh, public radio organizations they're changing from a one-time fee of three ninety nine to buy the um, Android or iOS apps mm-hmm. to I guess it would be a subscription freemium with a subscription fee mm-hmm. option. So everything that you would normally expect from a podcast app would be free, and what goes under the subscription is for power users that can pay ninety nine cents a month or ten dollars a year for access to the desktop apps, cloud storage of their own audio and video files, and exclusive app icons and themes. And the, the company is saying that um, the fee for this is really just to cover the costs of the uh, the cloud storage in particular for the plus features uh, and that they are looking to monetize in other ways, which they claim are not focused on advertising. And I can't I can't believe that with a straight face, to be honest. I don't <laughs> see I don't see why they would buy a podcast app um, if you weren't trying to control uh, analytics access in some way. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't proclaim to know that, you know, you know, um, slandering anybody here is just 
thinking about it logically, I can't see how not charging for the app would work out from a monetary standpoint. Well, I mean, the thing about it is, is like, I think the point I got from what they said was that, you know, by charging $3.99 for the app, they were they were limiting themselves in terms of who would be the audience, right? Um, they, they've they gone to the subscription. I can see why they're going to subscription model because it basically makes them, you know, potentially have a more long-term recurring income. But um, yeah, but going free versus, you know, what is it? I forget what is this, the subscription. 99 uh, cents, I think. Yeah, yeah, 99 cents a month or $10 a year for a saving of $2. Right, right. I mean, if you're a fan of the app, I guess I guess you could do that. But um, I think I do know somebody who used to be on this podcast who uses this app. But um, hmm. yeah, I just thought it was it was interesting. It's like it's not a natural model. Like normally, I would think for subscriptions of this sort of app, it would be uh, you know premium users get access to special content. Yeah, um, early from content these or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exclusive. Early release content. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a pretty common model with with podcasting. At least that's what I've read in other apps that have done this. Like um, Castro is that one charged? I forget. I, I think so. I, and, it's hard for me to know because I've sort of stuck it out with uh, Overcast all these years after starting with uh, Downcast way, way back when, when I first started listening to podcasts. Yeah. Did you did you buy Overcast outright or are you on a subscription plan? I think I bought it outright at some point because I've never had to deal with any of the subscription stuff. I don't, I don't even know what that looks like. Yeah. I think I, I may have paid uh, a one-time price for it back in the day too, but there is, an, there is now a, um, a way to go on, for ongoing support to support Marco, right? So, but then again, you know, he can buy helicopter fuel with his own money. All right. So I guess that takes us to our picks, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So first one, we're coming back to our old friend, a uh, couple of old friends. One is Cora Mel, and the other one is Matthias Holman, who is, uh, if you remember way back when we started talking about Cora Mel a couple of years ago, um, he's, you know, big time into it. And so he started uh, writing a blog post about, uh, he started a site called machinethink.net. Um, he's now taking on the uh, the idea of, uh, and this is a two-part series that he's just started, or oh, it's from July. I don't know how I just saw it, but about uh, device on-device training with Coromel. Uh, and this is, I guess, a follow-up to what was happening at uh, WWDC. And if you read through the article, it's he points out that it's more about, um, uh, and he, he goes through how to, how to do it, but it's more about personalized training as opposed to like doing full-blown model training that you would do normally with a server, um, you know, running Turi Create or, or um, what's the other one he called out? Um, anyway, yeah, so it's, it's, it's it, you know, you would start with a model that's got some common thing. Like, for instance, if we had, uh, if we were looking at uh, a way of categorizing docs, for instance, like, um, you know, we might start with a model that, that already has, uh, you know, some some uh, understanding of dogs, and then we then Jaime would take it and he would personalize it around Pollo, and I would take it and per- per- personalize it around Mac, you know, my Mac, my dog Macintosh. Um, and that would, you know, then in the similar way that the Photos app does a similar thing on the device where it looks at your, on, on the Mac or on the, um, on the uh, iPad or iPhone, it, it does a bit of machine learning on the, the images that you have in there to categorize them, to make, you know, to find people who are, like if I create a, an identity called Jaime, it will then go through my catalog and look for pictures and assemble a, a catalog of images or an album of images of, of Jaime, for instance, right? Or Macintosh, for that matter. Um, or dogs, as a category in general. Um, so yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. I don't, Mark, you're, I know you're the Coromel guy here, or you're the machine learning guy. What do you, did you have a chance to look at this one? 
Yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting article. Um, it was I'm trying to remember what there was one thing that kind of hooked up. Yeah, so so the the kind of thing that I found most interesting was uh, that the new training is is actually not using CreateML. Uh, it's mm-hmm. actually it actually uses a variant of or something inside CoreML to do the training and is completely independent of a model that you might create with CreateML, which of course is the version that you run on on your Macintosh to to train your models. So yeah, it was kind of a nice article. Yeah. So if you're interested in machine learning or you want to just brush up and uh, catch up on it and maybe play around with it, you give it a shot too. I think that uh, he also points out at the bottom of the um, article that uh, he's got a link to... Oh, he's got uh, the other uh, three parts here are, are linked at the bottom. There's a, an article from August and another one from September on CoreML, or sorry, on device training with CoreML. Um, but he also he's also one of the contributors, I believe, to the machine learning uh, book from Other Way Wonder Lake folks, um, which is machine learning on by tutorials, and I think that one's out already, right? That's from a couple of years, last year or the year before. So, yeah, interesting. I learned about I learned all about push notifications from Matthias back in the day, so from one of his articles. I, I clipped it and saved it, so like you know, because things change over time, right? It's always I always go and sign my stuff with the steps he provided back in the day. Right. My next pick is from James Thompson, and uh, let's see. Yeah, this is a tip for your, for your marketing uh, angle on your app. Um, he calls it a top developer tip. He says put an, a zip file of your uncompressed, unframed app screenshots somewhere obvious on your website so that press people will stumble across it because they love it uh, if they've got artwork to use, like maybe this podcast, would use to um, you know write up about your article. So if you make it easy for the marketing folks or the writers and of the world out there to find your stuff, uh, more power to you. So that's his tip. Make, an, make a zip file of uncompressed, unframed app screenshots. Put them on your website. Yeah, I think having a, a press kit is a really, really good idea. You know, you, we talk about reducing friction for users in apps and like how can we make it so it's even easier i mean doing the same thing for the people who are going to be reviewing and ideally publicizing your app i mean it just makes sense reduce friction for them will make it more likely that they'll have something to say about you and hopefully something good to say right all right you have a pick coming i do i think it's quite timely given that uh, iOS 13 is i think by the time this recording comes out it'll have come out uh, officially well it comes um, out we're recording on september 18th wednesday and it's if officially out tomorrow, September 19th. So, yeah. Hypothetically released tomorrow. But uh, by the time <laughs> this comes out, uh, I'm sure if you haven't supported dark mode already, you will have many, many one-star reviews coming your way, uh, proclaiming they're uh, holding hostage the rest of the four stars remaining to uh, to your update with dark mode. And if you wanted to know, you know, good ways to handle that, at least from a, not the technical bits of, you know, working with uh, color asset catalog stuff, but more on the, you know, how am I even going to make sense of how I'm dealing with color? I think this article by Soren Clausen, a uh, senior product designer at Nodes Digital in Dubai, has a, a pretty good approach for it. Uh, it's called Dark Mode, Working with Color Systems, which really focuses on breaking down different elements of your app into uh, this isn't the uh, you know title color, this is the tint, uh, this is the primary background color, secondary background color, tertiary background color, so on and so forth with the idea being that, uh, as I mentioned before, you could use uh, color catalogs that are mapped the same way. So when the user switches to dark mode, cool, you've already told Xcode, this is the alternative color to use for my tint in dark mode. Instead of being uh, black, maybe it's you know light green or something that shows up quite well. Uh, and also kind of as a, a shadow pick within a pick, there's apparently, uh, and I can't claim any usage of this because I don't have Sketch to try this out. Apparently he's included a plugin for Sketch that lets you 
seamlessly switch between your light mode and dark mode color systems. Right. So that seemed pretty pretty handy. So you just gave me a momentary panic. Well, it's not really a panic. I just realized that I haven't addressed dark mode in two of my apps. Um, actually, one of my apps, the device tracker, which is basically a, just a regular old storyboard app um, with um, or, or data and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just noticed that one of my one of my titles is uh, black on blue, which is not going to work. So I you have to scramble and get that fixed up. You know, probably tonight or tomorrow. Thanks, Jaime. Um, but the other <laughs> thing too is, is I noticed that that Pi. I just opened Pi Day Countdown, and Pi Day Countdown is asking to use Bluetooth. I'm like, what? Why? Why would Pi Day Countdown want to use Bluetooth? What kind of sketchy app developer would do I that? I know it's <laughs> like you know it's my Boondog app, but still like you know <laughs> I got to put all the new features in there, right? So obviously my permission strings need to be updated, and that one I haven't updated in in well over a year. So yeah, that's that's probably why. So I wonder if I wonder if Geese Squad wants to use uh, Bluetooth. So Jaime, speaking of colors, how is your Apple card looking in your wallet these days? Oh, let me let me pull it out. Let me take a look. Like the physical card? No, I was talking about the colored one in, inside the app. Oh, <laughs> I just paid my bill, so it's probably all clear now. So that would be a nice feature request to make it show you what it looks like. Oh, no, actually, I bought a couple of things. So predominantly blue with a little smattering of orange. Hmm. So Mine is, uh, I've got orange. Most of the bottom half of it is, is orange. The left side is kind of green. Uh, along the top edge, uh, the middle is kind of blue. I've got pink along the right edge, and there's actually a little bit of white in the upper right corner for some reason. I've got lots of different colors. Mm. But I have been keeping my card in my wallet, and I have not noticed any discoloration yet. Is that a leather wallet? It is a leather wallet, yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why they would... Why they, why, how would they even test that or even know that was a problem? Well, because probably they were keeping it in their wallets and saw it change color. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they... Yeah, but maybe they've changed the lacquer combination or something like that that's mm. uh, covering the... Uh, covering the card itself to fix that problem. I mean, they probably got it in those machines that test, you know, thousands upon thousands of cycles. Yeah. You know, in this case, they've got it like in a wallet or an alternative in just denim jeans on like the fake butt thing that keeps sitting up and down on the couch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. Right, right. Righto. All right. Well, I guess that's it for another week. So, hey, hi, if people want to get in touch with you, how would you do that? I'm on Twitter as at Dev with the Hair. All right, Mark, if people want to get in touch with you. I'm at MarkR at Smapsoft.com. All right. And I'm Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A. On the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. So until next time, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. 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 This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find out details on how to help us out on the website, mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Now stick around for the after show, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
I was mourning you, the loss of our wonderful Steely Dan discussion. Yeah, well, I think Jaime, Jaime, Jaime must have caught part of it. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll throw up the tracks from uh, from this. If I don't, remind me, and I'll, I'll throw it up if it doesn't show up there when I upload my stuff. Yeah. By the way, speaking of mourning losses, did you hear about Rick Ocasek? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a shame. Suddenly, just, was it 70, I think he was? Relatively young. 70's not relatively young. People used to, like, you know, people used to die in their 60s, you know, so. Yeah, but these days. Like, by modern yeah. standards. No, no, no. For, for, yeah. I, I get your point, Tim, that, like, for, for his era, uh, not too young, but then yeah. to Mark's point, in the modern era, like usually people have better medical technology now and they can yeah, yeah. last a lot longer. But it, there have been a lot of folks. Uh, Koki Roberts, um, I swear somebody else died oh, fairly Koki recently. Koki Roberts too. died? I didn't hear about that. Yeah. And who's he? She. She's a newscaster. Okay, she? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see something about that. But she wasn't too old, was she? Like I think she was in her seventies as well. Oh, was she? Relatively okay, young, okay. Tim. So how would I, how would I know who she is if I if I was if I knew who she was? Like was she still working or? I don't know. It's probably like me where you were like, I know the name. Why do I know? And then they do the sort of eulogy stuff. And like, oh, yeah. okay, that's why I know that person. Okay. And so how do you know her from TV? <laughs> she was a, News, a newscaster, newscaster. Is what I guessed. Yeah. <laughs> On ABC, NBC, throw me a bone here. One of those, one of those networks. Okay, one of those networks. Yeah, I don't remember her at all. So all I know is Irv Weinstein on Channel Seven, WKVW in Buffalo, New York. Mm. You know, I've watched enough, you know, Golden Girls episodes in my life that it probably also came through that route as well as like an offhanded comment that was very timely. Really, that period. Yeah, Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah. You know how nowadays the uh, all the kids, all the cool kids, are really into Frasier. Sorry, not Frasier. Friends and Mm -hmm. um, Seinfeld. uh, Yeah, for. Mysterious reasons, even though these shows came out when they were like babies. Uh, very similar thing for my era, where when I was in college, uh, Golden Girls and The Price is Right was really hot. Yeah, for us it was uh, Cheers, I think. We used, used to play Cheers on the TV in the back of the cafe, or the coffee house at uh, in university. You know, I almost got to sit in a friend's, cou- friend's couch and have a selfie taken. Jonathan and I were at the Fan Expo a couple of weeks ago, like in yeah middle of August, and uh, he said, oh, look, it's the friend's couch. You can have your, your picture. And I and thought about it for a second, but I didn't do it. You know, <laughs> they had like the, like the you know like the couch from the from the coffee shop. Yeah, the Central Perk show. Uh, yeah, Central Perk uh, area. coffee shop. Yeah, people were taking you know having pictures of themselves taken in the couch. But yeah, it was a weird weird thing. It was like a booth with nothing in it but a couch, right? So I guess it's because Friends is coming over to Netflix or something like that. Uh, be, I think uh, it's returning to NBC Universal for Peacock. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. The the, mm. the rights are all crazy. What's Peacock? That is the streaming service at NBC Universal. Universal is oh no way yeah huh. and I think it is getting I might be confusing this in HBO Max one of the two is getting The Big Bang Theory which is very confusing since that debuts on CBS wait isn't The Big Bang Theory on all the time for you guys it it, it basically is in syndication even though the show has yeah. ended but uh, it will continue to stream. <laughs> On a yeah. channel that's not uh, its own, it's not CBS All Access, which is interesting. I don't know if it's our comedy network, but one of our networks here, it's pretty much twenty four seven Big Bang Theory, right? Like you, can, you know, you just want to have some mindless television on in the background and just flip over to that channel, right? So. <laughs> I think that's why people like this sort of stuff. It's you know, it's it's good quality. You can watch it, but it can also be um, harmless comfort food in the background. And it, supposedly, it was north of one hundred and eighty million for the five year exclusive yeah. rights for starting in. 
2021 for Netflix to have Seinfeld. Yeah, well, when Mark, Mark and I were kids, it would would have been Gilligan's Island, Leave It to Beaver, The Flintstones, Brady Bunch, Brady Bunch. Yeah, well, were they in syndication? I can't remember. Yeah, but Brady. Oh Bunch yeah, sure. I used to watch them all the time. Yeah, and but Gilligan's Island was on forever and Gilligan's ever and Island. ever and yeah. ever. I was actually watching a Baywatch rerun, and they had uh, Marianne and, and uh, Bob Denver mm. on playing Gilligan. One of the, one of the guys got hit in the head with a coconut or something like that, and and uh, which of course was a typical Gilligan's that Island. Happened in every uh, other episode. <laughs> no, but this, this is in Baywatch. This is no, I, I, I never I watched, I but I never watched Baywatch. But every you know, like the guy gets hit in the head, and then he imagines he's on the. He wakes up. He's on an island with Gilligan and Marianne, or Gilligan. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gilligan yeah. and Marianne. Yeah, it must have been post post Hasselhoff because he wasn't on the show, so hmm. I don't know if that's such a thing. And and, and I just I want to mention to Jaime just before uh, we get into things, I was watching um, just before the show here, and I and I ended up taping it's like, like a PVR for afterwards, but an episode of Voyager where Janeway and Tuvok and um, what's her name, Alana, what's the name of the girl, um, the uh, Klingon woman, half Klingon, Bellana? half human, Balana. Mm-hmm. She they they become they get um, they voluntarily get uh, assimilated by the Borg to spread some virus. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I vaguely remember that episode. It's a two-parter, right? Two-parter. Mm-hmm. It's like so Unimatrix Zero a, or something, probably. Yeah, Unipi- Unimatrix Zero. Yeah, is, is that the yeah. is that the episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where she she seven in her mind goes off and joins these other people, these other Borg people who found a way out of the collective, right? And so Janeway goes to plant the virus and whatever, right? Interesting. And they've got the they they some other act- actors playing the uh, the Borg queen. So. Anyway, that's your your spot cast uh, catch up for the week. <laughs> wait, wait, I, I missed something. Why? What? What were you just? Oh, I have, watching I, or, I, it, or I don't think I ever saw the incomplete episode before, right? So. Oh, I see. Yeah, so there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of Voyager that I I think I like the the last maybe seventh eighth seventh and eighth season or no I guess there's only seven seasons right the fifth and sixth season I just stopped I lost interest and stopped watching it so that's when all the, the cool stuff started happening. Is that it? <laughs> Mostly with swimming in my head is all of the um, all the nuttiness that's going on with streaming services. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mentioned whole... Peacock. I mentioned Seinfeld. We didn't talk. Uh, we didn't talk about. Um, I think NBC Universal is doing a reboot of Punky Brewster. Really? A, sorry. Really? Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. Ray um, a reboot slash not a reboot of Battlestar Galactica by. Um, yeah, I heard that one. Yeah. Uh, Sam Eshmel from uh, Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and really? Okay. Doing a continuation of Saved by the Bell, where the main character, Zach, has gone on from high school and college and has become governor of California. What? <laughs> governor of California. <laughs> and the he gets in hot water because he's been closing all of these low-performing schools. And his solution to the problem is to send all of the affected kids from the presumably uh, lower-income, low-performing schools over to Bayside High. And the tension between the rich preppers and the you know lower income folks is where shenanigans happen. So wait, so is Zach actually on the show as governor, or is that just the backstory for the show? I don't know. the The information I saw didn't show like is he still around? You know, I, I don't know. I need, I need to look him up. You also hear they're bringing back. They want to do a reboot of Princess Bride. Why? That's right. That's just like a yeah. That's why? A that's, thing. Every, that's inconceivable, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I guess they want to go back and read do that one drive it into the ground oh so to answer mark's question despite his character being mentioned in the long line he's not actually confirmed to be returning for the show although they report that he's in talks uh-huh. um however mario lopez and elizabeth berkeley are going to be they are confirmed 
to return as AC Slater and Jesse Spano. Mm-hmm. We'll debut on NBC Universal's new streaming service Peacock. Wasn't Mario on that show? Yeah, Mario Lopez. Yeah, your brother from another mother. <laughs> I never actually looked up to see what he is. I, I suspect he's probably Puerto Rican. Let me take a look. Oh, let's see how. Have you guys ever heard of DeGrassi Junior High? Um, I've heard of the Next Gen one with. Um, um, Drake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because Dr- Dr- Jurassic Junior High used to be a show that was on a while ago, and then uh, but now the, some of the kids that were on the show are now teachers at the at the school, and Kevin Smith's a huge fan of it. And, and I actually just live like one street over from me is Degrassi Street, so kind of like uh, in the neighborhood. But it started out as a TV show called Degrassi Street, which is, which is about a young, bunch of younger kids, and then they go to junior high and so on and so forth, yeah. And now it's called Degrassi Next, The Next Generation or something like that. Oh, uh, Mario Lopez is of Mexican-American heritage. Well, see. I didn't might, know that. He could be your cousin. If you never even knew it. Not even that far away in, in San Diego, California. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe your long-lost cousin. <laughs> could be. I think I'm start asking people. See how we're related to these folks. Better start doing their, your DNA tests and stuff, right? Now, that that would, should, should be like the selling point, right? Like, how far away am I from this celebrity should really be the, the selling point for these. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, Bob.